Welcome, everybody, to the Seattle Sports Union Podcast. My name is Abraham DeWeese, and with me from Ingram High School is one Richard A. Michelson, the Ram, and from Blanchette High School, one Brian, the Soul Man, Solak, and from uh, probably, presumably, a GED graduate, uh, one Matthew Page. How you doing, guys? Yo, yo. Um, um, for the record, we, we, we're not all high school age. Uh, just want to put that out there. You make it sound like you're currently attending those schools. And you didn't get a GED. You actually got a high I'm, school diploma. And right? I haven't got my GED just yet. No, I, I yeah, Jackson High. Jackson High. Every, from Mill Creek. Yeah, represent. Right on. All right, guys. How are so you, Abe? How I'm are doing, you, Abe? I'm doing yeah, great. Doing great. No, uh. No virus and no. Uh, I'm getting sick of spaghetti. I, I, I oh, that, yeah, yeah. I think I've had spaghetti probably 14 days in a row now. <laughs> Sounds like you need to learn how to cook something else. Well, no. What I do is I cook up. <laughs> I cook up like a week's worth of spaghetti and put it in uh, oh, Tupperware. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, there, there is that. Uh, <laughs> and I have been going out for lunches. Uh, I've been doing takeout. Uh, I try to support the local group. You know. Uh, oh, yeah. Restaurants and whatnot. Um, there's a lot of great local restaurants that are really struggling right now, and it's good that you're supporting them. Uh, I think what I'm going to... Seriously, what is wrong with you making four, uh, 14 days worth of spaghetti at once? I didn't make 14 days. What do you think? I stand over a big black calderone, and, and, I'm, and I'm just like <laughs> with a big spoon and doing incantations. <laughs> making... That's exactly what I invented. <laughs> no. yeah, absolutely. yeah. 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 <laughs> no, I make it like, you know, every four days I make like, I just cook one bag of, you know, bag of spaghetti and yeah. And All right. you realize you use the spaghetti sauce other ways, right? Well, no, you pour it out of the jar, right? Well, the how many other, how many other ways are they yeah. eat spaghetti sauce? But you use, toast you can use rice you can make a pizza you can do lots of things with spaghetti sauce no you no who's putting on toast the, you're putting spaghetti sauce next, on toast you make a pizza what do you sandwich think french bread dipped in your spaghetti sauces no, no, no that's socialism and i won't have any part of it um <laughs> <laughs> it has nothing to do with the means of production. <laughs> it's a, he's, he's right. It's a Marxist <laughs> plot, and you know I, I'm not I'm not for it. I'm against it. I'm only for spaghetti sauce on spaghetti, and I, so I somehow have, spaghetti is capitalist. Yeah, it's American. Okay, then then diversify. Okay, diversify <laughs> your portfolio. Hey, diversify my pasta portfolio. Yeah. <laughs> no, just diversify your invest, food portfolio. Invest in some penne or some, uh, you know, Alfredo noodles or not Alfredo noodles, uh, or, or fettuccine noodles nice, or or nice um, sandwich. lasagna. O- outside of outside of the Italian food genre, it's American. Oh, okay. It's American, actually. Get, get some get some rice or some couscous or some uh, uh, I don't know anything else. Some chicken marsala. There you go. That's racist. That good you think just because I'm Indian, I have to eat chicken marsala? <laughs> yeah. Chicken marsala is a yeah. Spanish dish, but okay. Well, actually, it's more it's more Scottish, yeah. But um, the answer okay. is yes. <laughs> okay. No, no, no. Chicken uh, Madeira. I don't Whatever. even know. What, I don't even know what that is. Oh, it's fabulous! It's made with Madeira wine. 
Okay, you got me sold. Well, how you yeah. guys? How you guys doing? Are you guys getting sick of any food, or or do you guys have these divested portfolios that just you know? My wonderful wife cooks for me something different every night, so I can't mm. complain. I hate Solax <laughs> right now. Yeah, some people have wives. Yeah, yeah my to wife cook does the same thing too. We had uh, let's rub that in, guys. Yeah, go ahead. How do we turn this, Matt? How do we turn? How do we turn this in our favor? They call them sexist for making their wives cook for them. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Well, they ever get Have you met my wife? I don't make her do anything. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, is it more out of a sense of self-preservation than anything? Uh, I think it's more out of a she likes me to have a full-time job. (laughs) Okay. And the kids, you know, the, the minions get, get very, very angry and unmanageable if they're hangry. So you're not a father, you're a revenue stream. Yeah, okay. Kind of, yeah. Okay. Sugar daddy. <laughs> so, uh, all right, guys. <laughs> Let's get off this topic. This is a sports show. Let's get to sports topics. Oh, it is? Yes. Okay. Um, the, the, I didn't know. Well, it was, a, it was basically an inquisition as to my eating habits. I don't know how that... <laughs> well, hey, you started it. <laughs> anyway, um, well, there was some uh, activity in this in the Seahawks realm this week, guys. Last week we complained and whined about Philip Dorsett being signed by the Seattle Seahawks. Did you guys get an opportunity to see that he basically signed for pennies? He took the he took the uh, veteran minimum. He signed. For yeah, one point zero four eight million, only one hundred thirty eight k guaranteed. All right, that's 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 not too bad. Yeah, I might have to switch yeah. my switch my opinion on that. What do you think, Solak? I was a fan of him last week before we found out, and you guys gave me crap for that. So, well, I'm waiting for the <laughs> "I told you so" moment. <laughs> we gave you crap as is tradition, <laughs> as is tradition, but I. Just another great sign. I mean, great risk by us. I don't know if one of his older contracts is paying him off or what, but he wants to come play for a winner, and he's got Russell Wilson throwing the ball to him. Another another win by us, in my opinion. Well, I gave you a chance to say I told you so. Um, you took the high ground. I'm not like that, though. I took the high road, yep. Wow. Wow. Better man than me. Better man than me. <laughs> uh, I, I have to say, I have to view, I view, the, view the deal in a, in a different light now, knowing that information, because, you know, it's it's no risk. Then. If he doesn't make the team, we don't really have to pay him much. And yeah, it's... Obviously, it's, he's going to make the team, but, you know, we're not, he's not... He's not taking... I was worried that that was money that could be used somewhere else. Yeah, for some and reason, in my head... It's not much. I agree with you. In my head, I thought that was going to be a 3 or $4 million deal, but it's not. Yeah. And all of a sudden it's a lot more palatable. Yeah. Oh yeah. All right, guys. Yeah. Did you I, guys? I fully agree. Oh, I, go ahead, Rich. I, I, I've kind of got, you know, PTSD and the, you know, the abuse, uh, the abused person in an abusive relationship with my Seattle sports teams, <laughs> you know, other than the Sounders <laughs> for the last 15 years. Thank you, Mariners. Thank you so much. 19, and other than that window, you, you know, no oh, gosh, has it really been that long? <laughs> yes, agree. You're welcome. You're welcome. Um, but I mean, other than the the run up to the to the Super Bowl year, you know, like that two three year window, the Seahawks moves have been 
sketchy suspect, and I've just come to expect bad moves and poor business decisions. And I have to say, this is completely the opposite. It's it's fabulous. Right on. I'm, okay. I'm a fan too. What do you guys think about? Cool. I mean, low low risk, high return. I mean, high high. Uh, you know, buy low, sell high. I mean. Yeah, yeah. There, I mean, that that seems to be the mantra of the, the off season with the other off the offensive line um, people we've been signing across the board. We've been rolling the dice on some guys who have been backups or who are injured, potentially you know come back from from injuries and stuff who might be reward huge or but we're not paying them a lot to begin with, so you know low risk high reward. Yeah, here's another low risk one that just came up this week. The Seahawks signed you former University of Idaho Vandal. Back when the Vandals were in uh, FBS, um, Benson Mayoa. What do you What do you guys think about Benson Mayoa? Who, by the way, has a Super Bowl ring from the Seahawks back in 2013. What do you think about him coming back home? Wow, I think it's a great signing. It's only uh, what is it? It's 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 not that expensive of a deal. It's cheaper than I thought it was. Um, I just saw. I just had it in my notes. It's around three million dollars, uh, yeah. guaranteed, and and uh, between three and four, and and that's that's a solid deal. That's I mean that adds depth where we need it, and uh, he's a solid player, and that's a position. I mean that, that's a that's a steal. At that it still leaves us open to sign uh, Clowney or we'll do the alternative option that I've, I've been pushing. I told you last week I like Benson because of the name, so don't forget that, <laughs> Matthew Page. <laughs> oh, is that your I told you so? Okay. That's no, my I told you so, yeah. <laughs> no, no, I thought the I told you so was Philip Dorsett. The Benson Mayoa was, I, I did, hear but... you. <laughs> and I you anyways, but I, great sign. He's a, like you said, he's a role player. He's coming off the bench and – Three million bucks is not a lot of money nowadays, so it was worth it. So, I I hope we get Everson Griffin. I'll even be happy we get Matthews' boy. Um, what's the face, Clay Matthews? But are we off? Are we guys? Are uh, we off the Jadavion Clowney wagon? Yeah. Well, well, I'm 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 pushing. I've been advocating the last couple of days. What you do is you go to you go to Mr. Clowney and you say, "Look, dude, here's the deal. We're not going to hold our off season for you." So, 72 hours. Here's our final offer on the table. You used, if you don't get back to us in 72 hours, we're going to consider you no, and we're going to call up Everson Griffin, and we're going to sign him. And then you take the, the savings you get off Griffin from Clowney, and you hand that to Clay Matthews, and you get two guys who are pass rush specialists instead of one dude who doesn't rack up a lot of sacks. Well, you get a net four guys, right, because you already have Cliff Averill, well, yeah. now Benson Mayo, and then those two guys. Yeah, so I mean, you would you would you would you would increase the depth overall of your team. You spend the money around that way, and and you you wouldn't have your entire offseason hinging on will he or won't he, will he or won't he, until the point where you know I read I read one rumor that said that he might hold out all the way to camp. But if he holds all the way to camp, then his leverage is huge because if we don't sign him, then we're screwed because no one else will be available. So that's right. why I say draw a line in the sand, give them 72 hours or 48 hours or 24 hours, or hell, we've waited long long enough now, and say, here's the last offer, take it or leave it, and if you leave it, we're moving on. He originally wanted $21 million 
guys, was 20 million, 21 million for Jadavian Clowney. Was that kind of a pipe dream? I think so. 21 million puts him like what? Third highest paid defensive player in the game. Yeah. That puts him behind. Behind behind, um, Mac makes the most and he's what? 23. And Clark Clark is like fourth at at 22 or something like that or something. So it'd be top five. And, he doesn't rack up the sacks like everyone well, else does on that list. He has 32 career sacks. Wow. Which is, I mean, Benson Moyoa. I don't know. Benson, Ma- Benson Moyoa. That's had, in had some, five seasons. That's six sacks a year. Yeah. Well, think about the former and number one. How many, how many did he get last year with us? Three. Uh, I think it was sorry, three. Sorry, that's actually the seventh season. Yeah. yeah. So, so guys, I saw a stat. The I saw a stat earlier today. It was uh, Benson Mayoa has played the same amount of years as Clowney, basically, and he has twenty career sacks. So you know, a, a two million, three million dollar guy yeah. <laughs> has uh, not that many fewer sacks. Well, I mean, and the guy's actually never even broken double digits in sacks. Yeah, and for number one, you know, he, pick or whatever, he, he doesn't. He doesn't even do turnovers. Last year, he actually, had, he caused the most turnovers ever. He, had, he forced four fumbles. But for his career, he's only forced nine fumbles. He's not like a Cortez Kennedy or a, a Warren Sapp-type player where you have to double-team him or he just wrecks your whole, you know, offensive scheme, you know. He's not one of these players that gets low sacks because he's double and triple-teamed every single down for his entirety of his career. He's an underachiever, and I, I totally – I hate to do it. I hate to agree with Matt Page here, but I think <laughs> that going and getting your pass rush by committee is absolutely the way to do it. Well, yeah. and to give you an idea, uh, you know, we could probably get Clay Matthews for 6 to $7 million, uh, a year, uh, sign up for one more year, one year, maybe a two-year deal most, and he has 91 and a half sacks on his career. He got eight last year. Wow. And he cost us easily half as much. Well, speaking easily. of eight, speaking of eight, Bruce Irving had eight last year, and uh, you said only thirty-two sacks in a career for uh, Clowney. Is that right? For Clowney, yeah, it's five a year basically. Okay, because Bruce Irving has more than that, and he's basically just a third-down edge rusher. Uh huh. So, I have a question for you, Matt. If you get if you get um, Matthews and you have Irvin. Do you just rotate them? Do you put them both on the outside? Are we playing more like a 3-4? Like, what's your plan with these guys? I think you just rotate them through because Matthews isn't, I mean, Matthews is like a situational guy at this point in his career anyway. He's, you know, he's not going to be in there every down anyway. So you just kind of, you you pick and choose uh, your spots with both of them. Um, Irvin's going to get more more, um, snaps. Um, But, um, I think you know. I think if you pick and choose on when, when and where you're using Matthews, he he can still be that scary presence every once in a while in a game. Or you can catch you can catch the offense sleeping and not realize he's on the field and he blow up a play. But so, so um, the, he's not he's not nearly the player he once was. So you you got to you got to pick and choose your spots with him. Well, they're both in their thirties as well. That's that's important to to note is that you you have to rotate them just based on their age too. Well, yeah, but but uh, Matthews is like 
six years older than Irvin or something, isn't he? I mean, he's got to be. Well, Irvin's How old is Irvin? 32. 30? 31. Okay, yeah. Matthews he came in- is, is actually 33. Really? Yeah, so they're the same age, basically. Yeah. He feels like he's been, like, I mean, he's been in the league like 11 years, hasn't he? Well, yeah, but remember Irvin? Remember he's been Irvin? Yeah. a long time, yeah. Remember Irvin didn't get into the NFL until late. That's right. Because okay. he was uh, living in a car, I believe, before he went to West Virginia. Yeah, hey, I got a, I got, I got a question for Matt. Um, we, we haven't talked about Mr. Ken Norton Jr. much in this offseason. Is this guy smart enough to know how to use these new defensive players that are coming in, or are we, are they just going to be another piles of, you know what, and we're just going to complain about our defense all year and rely on Russell Wilson? That's a whole other can of worms. I have my problems with Ken Norton. Yeah. Well, let's go into those can. Let's open up those can of worms. Get get the oh. can opener out. <laughs> we have a, do we have a sound for a can opener? <laughs> he's in over his head a bit. It's like a Daryl Bevel situation. It's like he's got too many tools and he doesn't know how to use them all. Okay, we don't have a can opener sound, but we do have this. Every time you say Ken Norton, we could do this. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna answer nice. uh, uh, just to put this to put you on the side there for a second, Matt. Uh, let me go ahead and jump in. Okay. I am not a fan of Ken Norton Jr. Last year we ran some ridiculous three linebacker scheme that okay at times against certain teams that that might be a good idea, but against linebackers we saw we saw our team or not linebackers against tight ends we saw that three linebacker set up uh get burned time after time after time because you just can't put one linebacker on a Travis Kelsey or you can't put one linebacker on a uh a, who's the guy from the 49ers the you know what I'm talking about um Kittle 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 thank you yeah the the best the best uh the best tight ends in the league you have to bracket and we just couldn't do it so uh being Unable to adjust has been Norton's problem the entire time. When he was the defensive coordinator at the 49ers, they were a disaster. It's no small wonder that once he went to the Seahawks was immediately the time that you saw a better defensive team from the 49ers with basically the same personnel. Yeah, so there. Is he on the hot seat this year? Is he on the hot seat this year then? Or is this his last year if he doesn't do well? Please tell me yes. No, oh, yeah, no. I think he's in the in the in the hot seat. Uh, I don't know. What do you get, Rich? What do you think? Well, is, here, here's my question: Is is Ken Norton actually the defensive coordinator, or is Pete Carroll the defensive coordinator? That's a very good question. Yeah. Matt knows. Well, don't you know? Um, I think it's. I think he's officially <laughs> the defensive coordinator. He's officially a defensive uh, coordinator. What Rich is asking is: Is Pete Carroll like? Does he strings? actually run the defense? Yeah. Is he, does he actually run the defense or not? Um, I think he actually runs the defense, and and the the question then I have is, uh, when you say about is it is he on thin ice or or whatever, um, I I don't I honestly don't know because remember how many years we suffered through Daryl Bevel, and Pete Carroll was apparently okay with his performance, and I, I I'm not confident in the fact that they have analyzed that that is an issue, or not. Yeah, I'm, staffing, uh, staffing is, can be an issue on this team sometimes. Is what I'm saying. I would say yep. I would say Rich that Carroll gives the marching orders, but I don't think he's calling individual plays. Take a look at when Quinn was the defensive coordinator here. Quinn ran the whole thing. 
Carol obviously said, you know, I kind of, I kind of want this kind of look and feel. I don't want to blitz. That's not us. You know, I went straight up, I went straight up four, three under and, uh, you know, cover three, but, but, you know, he let Quinn do what he want, what he'd wanted. He let Chris Richard, in my opinion, to the detriment of the team, he let Richard do what he wanted to do. I'm assuming he's letting Norton run these ridiculous schemes. That's my opinion. Aaron Curry is a defensive assistant. Interesting. Aaron Curry? Uh-huh. Former third pick overall? Out of, yeah. Out of, yeah. Wake, out of wake Forest? Uh, yeah, he was. A, he was a demon deacon, yeah. Completely in, unable to do anything in this league. Correct. He is, how was he? Wait. <laughs> Boy. He's a, he's a defensive assistant on the Seattle Seahawks staff. And, uh, yeah. A couple, I mean, well, years, I mean, couple of years. I mean, for example. Mediocre players make great coaches, though. That's I guess true. So. That's absolutely I guess true. So. Those uh, well, I mean, look at look at look, look at who the quarterback coach is. Austin Davis is the new quarterback coach. So <laughs> Russell Wilson will be coached by the player who is six months younger than him and who was his backup. <laughs> right. I still love that. that sounds like uh, Gary Kubiak. Uh, oh yeah, Rookies. Yeah, but Kubiak. he was he was Elway's backup, wasn't he? Yeah, for like ten years, twelve yeah. years. <laughs> Safest hey, job in the world. For, for John Elway. You know, well, it's like the Frank Reich thing, right? Frank Reich has taken the Indianapolis Colts, who, if you, I'll stop you right now. Uh, Solak, name me one Indianapolis Colts player. Um, I hear clicking. Oh, on uh, the t- 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 no, no, no clicking. T.Y. Hilton. <laughs> T.Y. I, Hilton. I had him okay. in my fantasy. I remember him. There you go. Oh, man. <laughs> okay, Matt, name another. Jacoby, Jacoby Brissett. Okay. Oh, he's gone. <laughs> Well, is he? He hasn't been cut, has he? No, he's not been no, cut. No, he's gone, yeah. Okay, I'm going around. I, thought he, I heard he was gone. I'm going around. Rich, name me one that hasn't been named already, an Indianapolis Colt player. Uh, Adam Vianateri. Okay, you had a chance to pull up the roster, didn't you? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, no. I just, I just guessed. I couldn't remember if he'd retired or not. Okay, so I guess uh, for, I guess it's my turn. Record, it's my turn, so I'll pick uh, uh, Johnny Unitas. Was he he's on the Colts, right? Uh, sure. <laughs> but I mean, like, what, uh, I, what but, I'm saying is, Frank Reich has taken that team to the to the playoffs, and it doesn't have a star-studded roster. And that's sometimes what these backup, you know, backup players, like you said, you know, the, uh, you know, the ones that weren't that great, kind of have an eye for the game. I I just want to clarify something so I can get credit. Jacoby Brissett is still a, currently a member of the Indianapolis Colts. All right. I'm not I'm not giving any credit. They have a different starting quarterback now, but he is a member of the Indianapolis Colts. He will be holding Philip Rivers clipboard, yes. A clipboard. Yes, he will. Uh, he'll be they're gonna cut Brissett then. Uh no, he's gonna be back up probably. I don't know. But you know, you know, I have another name that I thought of just now. Mm-hmm. That's another Colt. I want credit for it. DeForest Buckner. <laughs> <laughs> technically he's not traded. technically he's not um oh because the league the league deadline or whatever hasn't happened yet right, or whatever exactly exactly dang okay he, right. he is a cult in spirit only <laughs> okay so he's all still 49er oh all right all right guys uh any any other seahawks news that you guys wanted to bring up 
Geno Smith is our backup quarterback. Geno Did we sign him, or is he still on the roster, or what? He's still on the roster. Okay. From the University There's of no West third Virginia. quarterback. Yeah. Um, I want to make a point here. It could be worse. You could be the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Who do they have? Ooh. Blaine Gabbert. Whoa. Okay. Oh, man. <laughs> They're drafting a quarterback, aren't they? <laughs> That'd be my guess. Uh, they might be because Brady is only going to be there two years. Yeah, it, so. it, you can't have Blaine Gabbert as your backup. But uh, just as a quick point that uh, Smith hasn't played significant time since 2014 in the NFL with G- the New York Jets. Jets, 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 Jets. Well, to be – to be perfectly honest, in this in this league nowadays, if your starting quarterback is out for more than one or two games, your season's over anyway. So, I mean, name me a name me a backup quarterback that can take over on any roster right now and and and, and have the team perform at the same level. Jacoby Brissett. At the same level as Philip Rivers? Last, no, as last year. <laughs> uh, well, no, he started the season as the starter last year, didn't he? Yeah. And they went to the playoffs, right? Or close to yeah, the playoffs? Yeah, but I'm saying, I'm saying, would he if he took over for Philip Rivers? Would he would the team perform as well as Philip Rivers? Philip Rivers is a Hall of Famer, mind you. Maybe I don't know. Brian yeah, Solak so loves the guy. Come on, Solak, why aren't you defending Br- Br- Brissett? Are you Are you kidding me? <laughs> That's my answer to that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, uh, I want to, before we, before, oh, we're going to do a trivia contest tonight, but before we get into that, I want to get into something that's near and dear to Rich Michelson's heart, and that's the Major, oh, League, that? Major League Soccer. Ah, yeah. So, so the commissioner of Major League Soccer believes in the heart, in his heart of hearts, that they can still do a 32, uh, what is it, 32 game season? A full season. 34 games. 34 games season. Full season. So here yeah. we are. March has been, March is off the calendar, at least in Washington State. You can just call April off the calendar. And then let's just say, just for the fun of it, May. How the heck, how are they going to get 34 games in, guys? I think this is ridiculous. What do you guys think? Yeah, it's, it's, it's totally ridiculous. But the guy's judgment has some serious problems. Um, and I'll, I'll just start um, in a league with multiple multi-billionaire owners, multiple, every owner being a massive multi-millionaire or, or billionaire. Major League Soccer just cut a ton of their staff salaries, like 25 30 40%. You talking about like office workers and stuff like that? Yeah, like at, at MLS headquarters, individual teams are going to start laying people off, or furloughing them, putting them on, you know, cutting their salary or their hours. Okay, so until he figures out how to treat his employees right in like a once in a forever type of economic catastrophe that's happening right now, I don't really want to hear anything about games. And about playing a full season, uh, because that that will be a catastrophe for the players. Right now, it's the the low the lower wage 
employees of Major League Soccer who he's not treating right, then he's going to go after the stars because your body cannot play the three games per week or in eight days or whatever it is or five games in 15 or 16 games and do it the whole season through. So, like, what would the what would the Major League Baseball Players Union do if, let's just say, uh, oh, the idiot in charge of Major League Baseball, whatever the commissioner's name is, um, if he said, "Let's do like two point yeah. yeah. So, like, what, what would what would the Major League Baseball Players Union do if they said, "All right, we're starting in July, and every game's a doubleheader." They'd probably have a good laugh out of it and figure out an agreement. Um, obviously, they wouldn't do every game would be a double header, but you could probably get oh, what, three was that three four three months, three and a half months. So really? probably get about you can turn that into hundred game season. I don't see why they couldn't. Well, I would think the that guys the, get, I know I would think the players union would put up a big stink about it. Well, Matt, what you I, I'm sure you're right, but but they're 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 paid a shit. Sorry, a lot of money, and <laughs> and the fans want to see them play, so they need to figure out something. I mean, a hundred game season would be realistic, and one one doubleheader a week is it going to kill you? I, just I, you can do your uh, doubleheaders on the weekends. You'd have a Saturday and a Sunday doubleheader. There you go, and then this, like the, and then they were talking about a seven inning game. One of them, they can do that too. I mean, Seattle U doesn't when they play double headers, they do a nine inning and a seven inning game. I, I don't have a problem with that for one season. Do that, you know, cut cut the game a little bit shorter. Well, yeah, but that's not my question. My question is, you know, for both leagues, the MLS and baseball, don't you get some pushback from the unions that that say, no, you can't, you can't play two MLS games every week for you know, 16 weeks. Heck no, that's not going to work. You can't do double headers in baseball every day for three months. I don't see how that's feasible. Like I, I'm not a union guy. Not unless Walter Johnson's your starting pitcher. <laughs> the well, MLB uh, com- Go ahead, Matt. I was just going to say, uh, first of all, um, there's, there's a, uh, developing situation in California, at least, uh, with four of the five MLB teams, Starting to take steps to furlough and lay off uh, their office their their office workers and their and you know the the, the seasonal workers they hire for stadium and so forth. So it's not just MLS that's doing this; it's, it's MLB as well. Um, and and the only team that didn't was the uh, the San Francisco Giants. They they've uh, they they limited their their announcement, um, but uh, that came out yesterday. Um, Ramping up and trying to trying to squeeze too many games into a shortened season, I I don't think is is really logical. I think what you do is you need to realize we need to try and get some games as possible. Try to get at least a minimal you know revenue stream going so you can at least pay the the lowest people on the pay scale. Maybe do games in front of empty stadiums. That's fine, but um, there is there is a limit, and so maybe we should explore. Like the idea of a of a world baseball classic style tournament for baseball, maybe we'd explore and do something similar to like that with MLS. Join a get a get um, some big join hands with um, uh, another league in another country like Mexico, Mexico and 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 go and say hey you know you get your top twenty teams and or however many teams 
there are in MLS and we'll put them all together each other and we'll do like a, a mini world cup or something like that and, and set up that instead of a regular season. So we have, we have some sort of event. It would obviously fit in a shorter period. Um, and, and there would still be ultimate winner. There would be a, still be the fun for the fans. There would still be some games. Maybe you try and put them all over the country and, and, and in Mexico as well and try and get at least one game in every location or as many as you can and, and, and try and, and spread it out. And, and yeah, yeah, you wouldn't have to do the, you know, insane schedule that they're talking about. I think that would be, you know, satisfying. I mean, everyone needs to realize this year, this calendar year is going to be the exception to normal business as usual for, I mean, the entire year. It, it, everyone's lives across the world are impacted by this and everyone's got to realize this, this one year, no matter what, it's, it's not business as usual. So it's okay to have kind of an exception to the rule and try and salvage and do something a little different. Wow. I hadn't thought about that. Obviously for baseball, uh, we talked about it last week. Wouldn't it be cool to do a world baseball classic. You use the major league, use the major league teams in that format um, or you mix it up and you, you know, you add in, you know, you add in some minor league teams as well or something, whatever, what have you. Uh, soccer would be like really easy. It would really be easy to do for soccer. Mm-hmm. Like you said, you could add some Mexican teams or you could just have like, you know, players represent their countries or, you know, something to that effect. Yeah. You could do some fun different things, you know, I mean, just, just you know, build, realize that we probably won't be playing games, and and or at least we won't be able to have events with stadiums full of people. Realistically, maybe not till like even August. And if we do have games between now and then, it'd have to be empty stadiums. And maybe say, okay, so if we're only going to be able to play in August, what can we fit in that short timeline? Yeah, just take up the whole month. All right, guys, great ideas, great ideas. Let's get to our trivia contest here because like we said we're doing a little things bit different in our regular lives let's do something a little bit different here on the seattle sports union show all right guys we're gonna do 1990s trivia and what we have right now myself as the host uh we have richard a michelson ram who by the way went to ingram high school the rams um graduate of the university of yes, washington I did. <laughs> graduate of the university yep. of washington we have Matthew Page, a a self-professing Oregon Duck, right? You profess yourself as an Oregon Duck. I, I do admit to being an Oregon Duck, yeah. Yes. Publicly. Yes. And then we have we we have a a, a Wazoo Cougar in our midst, in one Brian, the Soul Man, Solak. And I'm proud to be a Coug. All right. Somebody is. Um, Boy, the silence. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, most, no, mostly when somebody says, uh, you know, responds to me when I say they're a coog, it's with shame or with, you know, some sort of, you know, trepidation to even be acknowledged. But you're like, doggone it. I am a coog. Um, good, good for you. Good for you. We're running a trivia contest. And uh, I want to see who's, who's the most knowledgeable amongst these three colleges. And I want to know. You can you can represent your high schools too if you want to represent uh, Ingram and uh, Blanchette and wait where did Matt go again Jackson but I don't want to represent it so it's okay okay let's stick with the colleges then. 
there may be some resentment to his, to his high school. Um, but uh, we have the following categories. This is 1990s trivia. We are doing 1990s Seattle Mariners trivia. That's right. Back when the Mariners were good. That was a thing at one point in this history of that foul team. Uh, we're going to do 1990s Seattle Seahawks trivia, who were quite miserable for most of that decade. Uh, and then 1990s trivia for the three following college football teams, the University of Washington Huskies, the Washington State Cougars, and the Oregon Fighting Quackers. Um, and uh, we've got a couple more categories. We have the Seattle Supersonics, uh, just to mess with Matt Page, who will probably do lousy in that category. And then uh, Potpourri, yep. which will be various uh, tough questions from different sports in the 1990s. Similar to a show that uh, Pat, not Pat Sajak, uh, Alex Trebek hosts, um, there are, there's a grading for the scores on these questions, starting with 100, 200, 300, 400, and 500 points. Uh, so the tougher questions will earn you more points. And to buzz in, just use your name. Uh, use your name, not someone else's name. So, Rich, don't say Brian. Just to screw him up, okay? <laughs> it's the kind of thing you would do, but don't do that. Um, do we have to answer in the form of a question, or are you asking questions and we'll give just the answer? Uh, no, I don't want to get I don't want to get uh, sued for copyright don't infringement. Don't want to get so I don't have to say what is. No, you know, no, whatever. no. Just an, just say okay. your name, answer the question. We're not going to do minuses. Right. Just, just total points. Make sure I understand. <laughs> And so when uh, I lose, at least I understood why I lost. And we're gonna start. Uh, we're gonna start with um, our guest, Rich Michelson. Rich, you take Yo. you take the first category and tell me which square you want. Well, I'll take Mariners for three hundred. Mariners for three hundred. Remember, when uh, if you think you know the answer, go ahead and say your name, and that'll buzz you in. Question. Mariners 300, in what year did Sweet Lou Pinella become the Mariners manager? Rich. Go for it. Uh, 1993. Rich earns 300 points. Good job, Rich. How the heck did you know that? <laughs> I thought that was a tough one, but you apparently I didn't have much of a life in the 90s. It was mostly <laughs> Mariners baseball. That's right. 1993, his girlfriend left and, him and had a lot of free time. That's uh, no, there was no girlfriend. And um, but but who did leave in 1992 was Bill Plummer, who was dreadful. Yes. In 1991, were you a Le Fever believer? Absolutely. All right. Go ahead and choose the next category, Rich. Um, let's do Oregon for 100. <laughs> Oh, this is good. Um, <laughs> ooh, I made this the $100 one. Okay. Uh, in 1994, the Rose Bowl was, uh, was, Oregon went to the Rose Bowl, right? When was the previous year that they went to the Rose Bowl? I'll take closest to the pin on this one. Solak, 1986. All right. Thank you. That is the wrong answer. Um Next. Rich. Yes. 1963. No, 1966. Okay. And Matt? I want to say 
It's in the 50s. I want to say... you got to pick a year, I'll Matt. Go with the middle. I'll take the 1900s. I'm going to go 1955, right in the middle. <laughs> okay. Well, actually, the Oregon Ducks are much worse than you thought they were. Uh, they actually had not been to the... To the <laughs> To the Rose Bowl since 1957, so Matt was closest to the panel on that one. He wins just by pure chicanery and luck. Good, uh-huh. good job, Matt. <laughs> just like a duck. Just like a duck. All right, Matt, go ahead and pick your category. Uh, let's go Wazoo for 400. Wow, we're getting a lot of swerves here. Wazoo for 400 points. This defensive tackle played for the Seahawks. He won the ninth. 1994 Morris Trophy and hosts a show with BJ Shea in the morning in a segment called Hawk Talk. Who am I talking about? So, Solak, Solak. Chad Eaton. Yes. All right. Wazzy for 400. Chad Eaton earns Brian Solak 400 points. All right. Let's go Wazzy for 500. Oh, he's going, he's going big, going big. All right. Uh, how many times did Wazoo win the Apple Cup in the 90s? <laughs> I love this question. Oh, God, that's evil. <laughs> Solak, I'll say I'll, two. That is the wrong answer. Matt. Okay. I'll say one. That is not the correct answer. <laughs> uh, Rich, I'll Rich? say three. Three is the correct answer. Rich gets it correct. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> uh, I, had, I had even money either way. Yeah, well. <laughs> uh, and that was not closest to the pin. I needed the exact answer for that one. Rich, go ahead and take a category. Uh, Supersonics 100. Supersonics 100. Which team did the Seattle Supersonics beat in 1996 to advance from the Western Conference Finals to the NBA Finals? Matt, Matt, I heard Matt first. All right. Wait, to to advance to the finals, I want to say the Jazz. Jazz. (laughs) Matt got a supersonics question correct. Good job, Matt. (laughs) (laughs) I did not expect that. I thought that was slow pitch softball for uh, Solak and Rich, but uh, no, no, Matt, you you take control (laughs) of the board. All right. Uh, Let's let's go for Potpourri for 100. Potpourri for 100 bottle caps. This fi- uh, is, it fall- is it the fallout timeline already? Crap. Yeah, yeah, it is. Right. It is that much of an Armageddon, yes. <laughs> Don't worry, dog meat will join your team if you if you get this correct. Sweet. Any dog meat fans? Rich, you're a dog meat fan, right? Yeah, I'm a dog meat fan. <laughs> okay. Me and my dog. <laughs> okay, this 15-time All-Star outfielder had the highest batting average of any player who played during the 90s. Who is he? Solak. Solak? Tony Gwynn? Yes, with a 344 batting average, Tony Gwynn ruled the batting average king. Well, he was the batting average king of the 90s. Yes, good job. Good job. Thank you. And shame on all you who do not know that. You now take control of the board. Let's do UW for 500. Oh, UW for 500. Wow. Uh, All right. How many bowl games did UW go to in the 1990s? Rich. Go for it. Eight. That is the correct answer. Rich, you earn nice. those points. By the way, uh, are you guys keeping track of what's been answered already? I am, yeah. 
I, mean, I got the points too. Uh, Rich, select. Oh, that's quite an overachiever. I'll I'll go Wazoo for uh, four hundred. Okay, before we do that, do you want me to list off the ones that have already been taken? Well, Wazoo for four hundred has already been taken. Yeah, that one's already been taken. No. Uh, Wazoo for. Well, hang on, hang on, hang on. Let me no. let me list off what's already been taken. You guys write them down, uh, if you can, on your computers, and uh, or with pen and paper. So Mariners for three hundred's already been taken by Rich. Uh, UW for five hundred's been taken by Rich. Wazoo for five hundred was taken by Rich. So that was weird that you asked for it again. Um, <laughs> Solak got Wazoo for four hundred. Matt got Oregon for one hundred. Matt got. Supersonics for 100. Solak got Potpourri for 100. Do you guys need me to repeat anything? No. Solak? No, I'm good. All right. So, Rich, go ahead. Now that you know what's been taken already. Uh, Potpourri for 500? All right. Oh, hey, Matt, thank you for putting that up on the screen. That's awesome. <laughs> no rub. All right, uh, Rich, so like you can see uh, what's been taken on Matt's screen. Oh, yeah. Nice. <laughs> okay. This Ukrainian beat Nancy Kerrigan without using a tire iron. Rich. Rich, go for it. Uh, who? Uh, Oksana Bayul? That is the correct answer. Good job. Good job. It's embarrassing that I know that, but. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that was 500 points. Rich is in the lead with 1,500, oh, no, actually 1,800 points. 1,800. Matt yeah. Solak, you guys need to get on your horse, but Rich takes control of the board. What would you like next? Uh, to be able to keep track of what I've actually done. Um, well, take a look at your screen. Uh, Matt's it's, got, Matt's yeah, it's not, displaying, it's not displaying on my side of things. i got a bad connection or something, so. That's no help, but thank you for trying to help me out here. Um, <laughs> I'll take the lowest point remaining. <laughs> you got Mariners, Seahawks, That's and UW. Uh, Mariners. Mariners for 100. What team did Ken Griffey... Se- against which team did Ken Griffey Sr. and Jr. hit their back-to-back home runs against? Solak. Go for it. Was it Oakland A's? No. Yeah. Anybody else? Matt. Yep. Uh, I'm going to guess the California Angels. Negative. Rich? Rich. Uh, the Royals. Nope. It was the Chicago White Sox, Obama's favorite team. Oh. No okay. one. Yeah, they were dreadful in the 90s, too. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, Rich, you still control the board. Uh, Seahawks for 100. All right. 1992 Seahawks went 2 and 14. Who was the ons- offensive player of the year for the Seahawks? You said 1996? Two. Rich. Yep. Uh, John L. Williams. Negative. Matt Solak. Matt? Chris Warren. Negative. Solak? Solak. Rick Meyer? So close. It was Rick <laughs> Booten Tootin. He was the oh offensive my MVP. Wait, wait, how how is our punter the offensive MVP? Uh oh so the Seahawks God. actually set a he record. He was amazing. He's the Seahawks set a record for fewest offensive points scored in a sixteen game season that year. 
And Rick Bootentuten, uh, he was the best offensive player on that two. Well, he's not, he's not, he doesn't play offense. That's he anyway, got he got okay. the award. I don't know. Um, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> but he was he he had a great year, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, he led the NFL in net net punting yards. Yeah. Oh no, he's amazing. I'm not taking anything away from Rick. He was an amazing punter. I'm just saying he's a punter, so he plays on special teams. He's not doing anything offensive. I don't but know. Okay. I, he probably amassed more punting yards and offense combined. I don't know. Uh, Probably. So, Rich, you still have control of the board. Oh, good grief. <laughs> um, what else is left for 100? UW, UW football is the last one. UW. UW for 100. This 1996 Washington Husky set the Husky record with 1,500 yards rushing and 22 TDs. Rich. Go for it. Corey Dillon. That is the correct answer. Rich is dominating. Matt and Solak, you guys need to catch up, but Rich still has control of the board. Uh, Wazoo for 100. That's uh, already been taken. Do you want it for 200? Or no, it hasn't. Sorry. Uh, 200, yeah. It has it not been taken. Sorry. I'm sorry, what? Yeah, I'll take it. Wait, has it been taken or not? Um, it has no. not. It is not. No, that's okay, I'll take Wazoo for 100. Okay. Who caught the 1992 long bomb from Drew Bledsoe to seal the deal and win the Apple Cup? Solak. Go for it. Is it Philip Bobo? It was Philip Bobo. Good job, oh, Brian. I hate that guy. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Rich, don't worry. There's no Kenny Wheaton questions on this one, so I made sure to. Keep going. <laughs> Solak, take control. Wazoo for, two, Wazoo for 200. 1997 ended Wazoo's Rose Bowl drought. What was the previous year that they last went? Closest to the pin on this one. Uh, Solak. Go for it. Let's say 1953. That is not the correct answer. Anybody else wager a guess? Uh, Matt. Okay. I'll say 1966. That is not the correct answer. Rich, do you wager to guess? <laughs> Rich, I mean, I'll I'll say 1938. The correct answer was 1930. Rich, you will score those points in that. Wow, is, nice job. Yeah, that is really so. Oh, that's not good. 1930. Well, it's a good thing you guys went to two after in the in the nineties. Um, <laughs> thank, thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> Rich, you take control of the board. Um, do we still got Wazoo for three hundred? Yeah, yeah, we do. that's the only one left. Yep. We do. Okay. All right, last Wazoo question. This kicker for Wazoo played three years for the Seahawks and set the NFL record for most consecutive extra points. Who is this kicker? Not a lot of people putting their hands up. Where's your cricket sound? To oh, yeah, sorry. Up? I can only think of two, two <laughs> Seahawks in the 90s. And so nobody's yeah, wagering. Jason Hansen's the only one that's Are you guys actually, you got to buzz in. Right you can't talk about it. you got to buzz in. <laughs> You're not doing well, trivia. We're going to solve this as a, as a team. <laughs> no. Yeah, yeah, put it in and then for the answer. But, yeah, we got to solve this as a team. Oh, yeah. It wasn't nope. Jason Hansen, though. No, he. He, went, he was the lion for life. Yes. 
Oh, boy. Nobody gets this answer, but keep working on it. I only think two kickers in the '90s for the, the Seahawks. So, and neither of them were uh, Cougars. None know. of us know Abe. Move uh, on. Yeah, the, the answer is Ryan Lindell. Oh my gosh, I forgot about him. Good one. <laughs> played, yeah, he, played double digits in the in the in the NFL. Um, yeah, but anyway, he was a Buffalo kicker for a long time. Yes, he was. He was Cow- yeah. Cowboys, I believe, as well. Yeah. All right. Um, let's see. Solak, you still have the board. Do I? I thought Rich had. Well, Rich, Rich has you it. still have the board. Oh. No Wazoo questions uh, left. <laughs> okay, done with the Wazoo. How about Seahawks for three hundred? Uh, right. We can do two hundred or four hundred. Uh, let's do four hundred. Uh, three hundred is still available. Yeah. Is it? Okay. Everything but the hundred. Oh, Seahawks! Yeah, sorry, I was looking at Mariners. My bad. Okay, Seahawks are three hundred. Yes, sorry. Good one. Good catch. Nineteen ninety-seven. Which? quarterback literally beat the Seahawks by a nose when his head was interpreted as a football by the refs. Solak. Solak. Many Testaverde. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> I said Solak, and, Rich. And did, did say Solak, yeah. <laughs> All right. No, Solak's no. getting the point. Rich, you get That's the... okay. Solak. Rich, you get Whatever. the joy of knowing that you knew it as well. That's <laughs> Bri- right. Brian, you take control of the board. Mariners are 200. I feel like Rich has never seen Jeopardy before. (laughs) (laughs) Mariners are 200. Okay. Yep. All right, guys. How many winning seasons have the, did the Mariners have in the nineties? Matt. Yes, Matt, please depress us with this answer. I'm going to say two. That is not the correct answer. Oh, I know the right number. Solak. Go for it. Or? That is not the correct answer. Wager a guess, Rich? Uh, three. No, the Mariners had five winning seasons in the 90s. Oh, wow. Yeah. That was our best decade, and that's all we got. That's all we got out of it. Um, <laughs> that, is, that is a good point. It is, was our best decade. That's sad. Uh, so lucky you take control of the board. Mariners for 400, please. Mariners for 400. All right, guys. Who did the Mariners trade to get Mike Timlin and Paul Spljorek? Paul what? Spljorek. Solak. Solak. Jose Cruz Jr. That is the correct answer. Good job, Brian. Mm. (laughs) I thought it might have been, uh, uh, what was his name? The, the, The catcher for the Red Sox. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Veritech. That was, that was the Heathcliff Slocum. Uh, Veritech. Yeah, that was, that was Slocum. That was, yeah. that was Heathcliff Slocum, right? Yeah. You know, All right. Uh, uh, go ahead. Mariners for 500. All right, here's the big one. How many tiles fell from the kingdom roof? Is this closest to the pen? Nope, you got to get the... <laughs> I'll give it closest to the pen. Yeah, sure. Right. Why not? Why not? <laughs> How many tiles fell from the kingdom roof? Guess any number. God, I feel like an SNL sketch at this point. <laughs> any number. <laughs> uh, Solak, I'll just say 202. 202 is not the correct answer. Oh, uh, Matt. Go for it. I'm going to say two. That is not the correct answer. Rich? Um, I'll say 
43. The correct answer is four. There are four tiles that fell on people's heads uh, from the kingdom. Matt, you get that answer and you take control of the board. Hey! Seahawks for 200, please. Seahawks for 200. All right. Um, in that 1992 season, uh, name, 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 Two of the th- of the four Seahawks QBs from that season. Anybody? In what season? 92. 92. 92. <laughs> the question, okay, here we go. In 1992, we named two, two of the quarterbacks? Correct. Name any two of the quarterbacks from that miserable season. Uh, Matt? <laughs> go for it. Uh, I'm going to say Rick Meyer. You got to name two. Dan McGuire. Why not? Those are not the correct. You did not get that answer correct, <laughs> the way I asked. Okay. <laughs> Anybody else? You asked it weird. Rich. Go for it. Uh, John Freeze and Dan McGuire. That is that that is correct. Two, uh, the others that you're missing were Kelly Stoffer and Stan Gelbaugh. Oh, my God. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> Kelly Stouffer, most popular man in Seattle. (laughs) You now take control of the board. Um, Give me a sport and I'll tell you. Yeah, there you go. That's that's available. That's available. Yep. Okay. His name was the beast and he won the 1996 Morris trophy for best lineman in the NCAA. He was also a famous Japanese pro wrestler. Sorry, famous wrestler in Japan. This beast won the 1996 Morris Trophy for the best lineman in the NCAA, and he became a famous pro wrestler in Japan. Nobody? I I can see him, but I can't remember his name. Okay. All right. Nobody got it. It was Bob Sapp. That's right. Super famous <laughs> if you're from Japan. <laughs> All right, uh, Rich, you still have control of the board. Mm, UW 300? All right. That, UW, is, available. that is available. Um, 1996, UW broke whose 58-game home winning streak? Rich. Go for it. Uh, my University of Miami. That is Florida. correct. That is the ma- whammy in Miami. Good response. Obviously, the duck and the cougar don't couldn't care less about 1996 <laughs> Husky history. Thank you, lawyer Malloy and Richard it, Harris. Indeed, is that the game that that led to Ken Dorsey to whine because you guys actually tackled him? <laughs> no, it was before Ken Dorsey. Okay, I remember. Um, Ken but but it, but it was a play. There was a play that was pretty awesome. It was uh, Lawyer Malloy stopping a goal line, you know, going over the top. He went up oh, and okay. running back. But also the the, the real the, the awesomest play was the, the fullback screen to our uh, fullback who was fast, the fastest guy on the team. I think I heard Solak. It was like a 78-yard uh, screen get... pass. <laughs> uh, if we let Rich go, he'll tell us about all each Husky season for the last 30 years. Um yes absolutely 
You still have control of the board, Rich. What would you like next? Um, you got any Seahawks left? Uh, yeah, we got 400 and 500. Let's go 400. Okay. How many 1,000-yard seasons did Joey Galloway have as a Seahawk? Rich. Go two. That is two is not the correct two. answer. Select. Go for it. One. One is not the correct answer. Matt, Matt. free guess. <laughs> Three. Three is the correct answer. Matt knows his <laughs> Joey Galloway trivia. <laughs> or something. Or made a wild guess. <laughs> Actually, I uh, I didn't realize I was muted, and I tried to ring in first, and I would have gotten it wrong. But I'll take the point. <laughs> and you take control of the board. Okay, let's just let's just uh, let's stop putting off the inevitable. Oregon two hundred. <laughs> oh, I'm gonna get spanked in my own. Cat- I'm gonna get spanked in my own category. Let's get let's get it, let's get it over with. How many times did Oregon beat UW in the nineties? Matt, go for it. Once, once. Once is not the correct answer, and you don't have a lot of faith in your own team, do you? Any other guesses? Uh, not, not the 90s. Actually, <laughs> yeah, not the 90s. Solak? Go for it. Three? Three is not the correct answer. Rich, care to guess? Uh, yeah, I'll go with four. Four is the correct answer. Matt Page, you are obviously not a very good Ducks fan. Uh, yeah, um, anyway. Rich, Let's you take control. Go with Seahawks for five hundred. You want the big money, Seahawks for five hundred. How many Pro Bowls did Cortez Kennedy have in the nineties? Rich, I heard Matt. Okay, I'm going to say nine. Nine is not the correct answer. Rich, five. Five is not the correct answer. Solak, free guess. I'll say six. Nobody got the correct answer. It was eight. Uh, okay. Wow. Mariners and Seahawks That's have been blocked. Mariners and Seahawks have been blocked off, as has Wazoo. Uh, who had control? Rich, was that you? Yeah. What's yeah. left in UW? UW for 400. Oh, I'll take that. Okay. This former all time Husky career rushing leader played for the Raiders of Los Angeles at the time, I think it was. Rich. Go for it. Napoleon Kaufman. It was Napoleon Kaufman. You got that correct. All right, Rich, you take control of the board. What's left on the board is Oregon, Supersonics, and Potpourri. Uh, Let's go Oregon for 300. All right. Oh, Matt, you better get this right. Or else you're just a bandwagon (laughs) duck fan. Oregon for 300. This 1998 duck was drafted number three overall by Cincinnati and was the template for all terrible NFL Oregon Duck QBs for Matt. Yons to- yes, Matt. Matt, 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 Achilles Smith. You wouldn't let me finish my question. <laughs> it was no- my question was basically bashing Oregon. <laughs> but go ahead, Matt. You take control of the board. Uh, let's go Oregon for 400. Oregon for 400. Rich Brooks, who led the you know, uh, revival of the Oregon program left Oregon to coach, which NFL team. Nobody rich, rich. There's only 32 teams. <laughs> you got a one in 32 shot. They're, they're, 
the Cleveland Browns. He did not coach the Cleveland Browns. Anybody else? You have a one in 31 Matt. shot. <laughs> Go ahead, man. Go ahead. The Rams. It was the Rams of? Yeah. Oh, shit. Um, sorry. I'll give it to you. It was St. Louis Rams. It was St. Louis Rams. It was? Okay. Yeah. I'm like, crap. I'm going to have to remember what, what year it was and where they were. I don't know. <laughs> Matt, you still have the board. Uh, all right. Let's just finish my misery. Oregon for 500. Okay. This former Duck was the all-time passing leader for the Oregon Ducks until Marcus Mariota came into play. He also played for the 49ers. Not a lot of 49er fans here. Also played for the 49ers. Yes. Anybody? Anybody? No? Okay. The answer was Bill Musgrave. Oh, Oh, okay. Okay. All right. <laughs> oh, that guy. <laughs> All right, Matt, you still have control of the board. We got supersonics and potpourri on tap. Uh, potpourri for 200. Potpourri for 200. Of the new NFL franchises in the 90s, which two won the Stanley Cup? Car- uh, Brian. Brian, go for it. Is it Carolina? We need to have two answers. Uh, it was the wizard, 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 wizard. good job. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Carolina. And Darn who? it. I, I, God, I, I don't have, I don't have that answer. I'm sorry. Matter rich. Wait, this is from the nineties or is it to do to today? It was in the night. These teams came in in the 90s, and they have won Stanley Cups. Uh, then, Matt, I'm going to say Carolina, and I'm going to say um, um, the Florida team. Um, Tampa Bay. Or Florida, okay. Tampa Bay. Okay, so Tampa it, Bay, it was not. Whoever they are. It was the Anaheim Ducks and the Tampa Bay Lightning. You got one of them. Okay, so I got, <laughs> got half right. But uh, that's not good enough. Uh, real quick, I think we lost Rich. Whoops. Well, he was in a he was in an insurmountable lead, so we'll keep going and see if you guys can catch up with him. Uh, can we dial him back up? Is that? He's calling back in. Oh, he's calling back in. Okay. How do we? Ex- oh, there he is. Can someone click on accept? I don't have the ability to. You have to. I have to. But it's not even ringing my thing. This area four and call. I can't accept him. That's weird. And this is this is what life is in COVID nineteen. Back in the back in the ancient days, what used to happen like around the campfire is a bear would just eat somebody and you know, during a trivia contest. And that's that's what we're having here. Sorry, folks at home. We're we're listening along. Did we get Rich back? I'm trying to call him and add him to the call right now and see what happens. But. Okay. It's ringing him, but he's not answering. Nope. 
Is modern technology wonderful? This is so amazing. Hooray! <laughs> Hello? Rich, are you there? We may have lost Rich for a while. Um, so we'll see if he comes back in, but let's finish out the game as we're pretty close to the end here. Yeah, we'll play for second place. Play for second place, yes. Yeah. <laughs> That's really what we're doing, yeah. All right, uh, Solak, pick a category. I'll <clears throat> uh, we'll say Supersonics or 200. Supersonics or 200, all right. 1996-97 uh, Sonics team became the first team to lead the NBA in which category? First, What do you mean by first team? Just they, they led the league that year or in their, in their history or what? Oh, I'm sorry, yeah, I, I wrote that wrong. Or I wrote that kind of confusing. It was the first time the Sonics ever led the NBA in this category. Okay. Sounded like they invented a new category. <laughs> being, uh, being sent to Oklahoma City was the answer. No. Uh, <laughs> Solak. Go for it. I'll say defensive points allowed per game. That is not the correct answer. Matt, do you care to guess? Uh, rebounds. That is not the correct answer. The correct answer was steals. It was the first time... The Sonics ever led oh, wow. the league. In well, steals. fundamentally, a rebound might be considered a steal in some ways. <laughs> but you know, anyway, moving on. Moving on. Next, uh, so like you still got control. So, Sonics are three hundred. All right. So the oops, wait a minute. Thought I saw Rich, but we didn't. Um, the Seattle Supersonics. No, I'm again. <laughs> so the Seattle Supersonics in 1993-94 season led the league. With this many wins, closest to the pin on wins. Oh, geez. Solak. Go for it. We'll say 74. That is not the correct answer, Matt. To answer that, I'd have to remember how many games there are in an NBA season. <laughs> well, somewhere around 74 might be a plausible might answer. That's a good ballpark. <laughs> uh, I'll go with 72 then. Uh, you get it because you you did the uh, you did the one under, which wins the category. <laughs> okay. That is sixty three wins. They led the, they led the league with sixty three wins. Matt, you have the board. Okay, uh, I the Supersonics four hundred. Supersonics for four hundred. Green and gold were the standard Supersonics colors in nineteen ninety. In the nineteen nineties, they introduced an alternate color. What color jersey did they have as their alternate? Solak. Go for it. Yellow? No, the, uh, it was not yellow. Ah. Green and gold, so that it would be uh, matte. Yep. I'll say white. Nope. <laughs> no. White was another color. It everybody, was another jersey. everybody has a white uniform. Anyway, he was red. Red was the correct answer. Nobody gets those points. Matt, pick another right. category. The 500 for Supersonics. Let's just finish it out. All right. Which Seattle Supersonics player was named the NBA All-Defensive First? Was named All-NBA Defensive First Team in 1993 and the 1994 season? Solak. Go for it. Well, how about Gary Payton? It was the glove. It was Gary Payton. Yay! <laughs> so like you have control of the board and there's only two slots left let's do pot purry for 400 pot purry all right 
Twice during the decade of the 90s, the NCAA had split national titles. Who were all four teams involved in those split championship titles? Oh, my. Got to get all four. All four? Why not two of them? No two of them. (laughs) So this is the part where you say your name if you want to buzz in. (laughs) Go ahead, Matt. Uh, Miami. Washington, uh, Michigan, and screw it, I'll say, um, no, was it Florida? Florida State, sorry, Florida State. That is not the correct answer. Solak, would you care to guess? Sure, why not? Miami, UW, I'll say Michigan, and... Oh. Who did Michigan Michigan beat? Or not beat. You beat Wazoo, obviously. <laughs> Who did they split with? Uh, for gosh sake. Gosh, I I, I don't want to keep you waiting. I'll just say, how about Penn State? Nope. The final team, both of you guys had three of the teams. The final team was Nebraska in 97. Oh, that's right. That's right. <laughs> All right. Last question. Um, yeah, that was 400. Potpourri for 300? 300, yep. Potpourri. He, okay. He became the first man in the U.S. He became the first man to capture the U.S. Open tennis title as an unseated player, beating Michael Stitch in the finals. Along the way, he also beat five seeded players. Who was this tennis player? Oh my gosh, that's tough. Oh. This is that sport you call tennis? Yeah, this was actually a rich question because Rich lettered in tennis back in back in oh, high school. Oh, fair enough. Yeah, I, <laughs> I was going to say, I yeah, I, I don't, I know nothing about tennis. I don't pay attention to. Tennis. No, just so, name, just name. So I'll player. say Matt. Yep. Matt. If my, my my answer is John Smith. John Smith may not actually be a real person, much less a tennis player. <laughs> so. So, like, um, any guess you have? Uh, We'll say say Pete Sampras. Oh, that was actually very close, but it was actually Andre Agassi. Oh, okay. And that concludes our game. Uh, Rich kind of ran away with this one, which was a lucky thing we dropped him. Uh, Wouldn't have to hear him gloat about these answers. Hey, Matt, you you beat me, Matt. Congratulations. So Richmond thirty two hundred, then I came in second with twenty one hundred, and Solak came in third with eighteen hundred. You knew all those Oregon answers. Good job. That's much closer than Nebraska. I should have known Nebraska, but that one's going to bother me. That one, Matt, was I wrote that for you, and I thought you would have got that one, (laughs) but but uh, I I had three or four. I was close. I hope your Nebraska Cornhusker friends make fun of you for this one. Yeah, Uh, probably (laughs) won't. All right, Congratulations well, to Rich. <laughs> well, I want to thank everybody out there for checking out our show here today. I know there's not a lot of sports, and hopefully we entertained you a little bit. Check out all our great articles on seattlesportsunion.com as well. Check out all our great tweets at seattlesportsu, and as well, like us on Facebook. We're, yeah, we're likable, right, guys? We're pretty likable. Yeah, we're pretty likable. I think so. All right, well, thank you, everybody, for joining us. Have a great day. Bye.